0: Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and welcome to my show, Cleaning Up the Mental Mess, a podcast dedicated to helping you take back control of your mental health and your life. In this episode, I interview Dr. Rebecca Schrag-Hirschberg on Parenting During This Pandemic. Dr. Hirschberg is a clinical psychologist who specializes in early childhood social emotional development and mental health and the founder of Little House Call Psychological Services. Prior to her current work, Dr. Hirschberg was the Director of Early Childhood at Ramapo for Children and the Director of Training and Quality for Healthy Steps at Children's Hospital at Montefiore, an infant and toddler preventative mental health program that gained national and international attention for its integration of early childhood mental health professionals within primary care pediatrics. While at Montefiore, Dr. Hirschberg held an assistant professorship in the Department of Pediatrics at the Albert Einstein College of Medicine, through which she taught both pediatric residents and medical students. Dr. Hirschberg is the author of the Tantrum Survival Guide, Guilford Press, and has been published widely, including the New York Times and on Parents.com, Today Parents, Modern Lost, Big City Moms, and the website of the Child Mind Institute. She currently lives in Lower Westchester with her husband and two young sons. In this episode, Dr. Rebecca shares some great tips that we as parents can do to help our children deal with the situation emotionally, how to help them understand and deal with missed milestones that may have been cancelled, how to navigate the challenges of a routine change, how to keep your child productive and occupied, how to help teens how we as parents can manage our own mental health so we don't let our stress or worry affect our children, and so much more. One note, before we begin, with all the stress, anxiety, social distancing, and isolation stemming from the coronavirus, the need to connect with each other is more critical than ever. I created a dedicated Facebook support group to stay connected with others and to share your challenges and best tips for dealing with our new normal. The link to join the group will be in the show notes. And for additional resources to help you manage anxiety, stress and worry during this crisis, check out some of my books which are on sale now. To get 25% of all individual books, DVDs and workbooks, visit drleaf.com and use the code drleaf25 at checkout. Lastly, I have put my new brain detox app, Switch, on on sale as this is a great tool to help manage your mental health during this crisis. Currently it's 50% off a 3-month subscription. Just go to the Switch.app for more details and to download the app. The link will be in the show notes. Another note before we begin. Many of you may be familiar with my 21-day brain detox program. Well, I am so excited to tell you about the new and improved version of this program, which is now available in my app, Switch. In this app, I guide you through the five steps that you do over 21 days. In this program, you will identify the root cause of whatever is causing that anxiety or depression or toxic thinking in your life and how to eliminate the root cause and how to build a healthy new neural network and thinking habit. This app recently went through clinical trials and the results have been astounding. And the science behind this program is backed by over 30 years of research. I'm also so excited because I'll be adding more and more specialized programs to this app and more amazing features like support groups and coaching. To download the app and start your brain detoxing journey, visit the switch.app you can also find the app in the itunes app store and google play just look for switch on your brain the link and details will also be in the show notes Dr. Rebecca, what a lovely honor to have you in the studio with me today to talk about something that is so important, tips for parenting during a pandemic. I mean, who would have said that I would have met you over a time of a pandemic? Crazy, but welcome and thank you for being here today to share valuable information.
1: It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you. And yes, none of us, to state the obvious, saw this coming, and yet here we are. And so we have to band together as much as possible and share everything we know with each other so that we can all get through and help each other out during this unexpected and very difficult time.
0: I know, and it is so much, as you were speaking just before we started recording, that this is... It's just great how everyone is coming together and sharing their knowledge to help each other. And, you know, this is what humans are, you know, communities about and what love is, is sharing and helping each other with what we know.
1: Yes, exactly. And rising, rising to the occasion. I've seen, I've seen that over and over again in the past few days, people really stepping up and helping each other out and looking out for people in the community that are more vulnerable or more in need. It's really a beautiful thing to see.
0: It is. It is. So there's some good things coming out of this, including the fact that our earth is getting a little bit healthier. You know, they're yes. so, some places that haven't seen the sun because of the fog are actually seeing the sun and hearing the birds sing. So there's some benefits to the earth as well, which is good.
1: Absolutely. If this is how we get there, then it's not what any of us would have chosen, but certainly we needed to get there. This is our path and here we are.
0: This is our path here. We are, let's make the best of it. And let's, so today we're going to be talking about tips for parenting during a pandemic. And you wrote a great article, 10 Tips for Parenting During a Pandemic. Just tell us a little bit about yourself and then let's start unpacking those tips because they were great. And I love the fact that you said, you know, there's so much advice out there and there is, and it's wonderful, but it is nice to see a bullet pointed list. My kids are big now, but they still need entertaining, even though they're not all at home at the same time. So I can imagine with young kids, and I remember the days when my kids were young, that if you were stuck with them over summer holidays, let alone a pandemic, to have some great tips is in a simple format is very important.
1: Absolutely. No, I titled the article, you know, tips to print out and put on your refrigerator (laughs) because that's, I think (laughs) as parents, we're always in the kitchen. Now we're certainly even more so as work, you know, even if we're trying to work at the same time and just to be able to see a quick visual of, you know, what are the, what are the things I need to keep in mind? I think that's how our brains
0: are functioning right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. So just tell us what you do first of all, and then we'll talk about some of those tips. Sure. So I am a clinical
1: psychologist with a focus on working with parents of young kids undergoing various challenges ranging from the completely developmentally typical, like tantrums and early childhood anxieties and you name it, sleep, eating, all the rest, to you know, more specific and more deeply therapeutic issues and needs. I offer, and have always offered, even before the pandemic, virtual sessions. So I'm a parenting coach nationwide and even internationally, but specifically practice in-person therapy in the New York area. I'm the author of a book called The Tantrum Survival Guide.
0: <laughs> I love that, I love that I- name. <laughs>
1: I laughed as I said it because man, if ever we needed, I wish we could, you know, mail one to each of your listeners with little kids because uh, I didn't have a chapter for pandemic specific strategies. But, but I
0: think sometimes it feels like people are in a pandemic being a parent of a toddler.
1: <laughs> that's true as well. Right. And, and, and that leads me to the last thing and the most important thing I was going to say about myself, which is that I am myself a mother of two young boys who feature in my book. My book is written from the perspective of a psychologist as well as a mom. And Henry is now, he will be six on Sunday. So we have a particular mm. challenge about how do you celebrate a six-year-old's wow. birthday? You know, wow, we style. want to hear what you're doing. <laughs> yes, I will share. And then Zeke, my little one is four. So okay. I'm, I'm in it with, with those of you who have little kids.
0: Oh, well, that's incredible. Well, mine on the other side, ranging from 22, 23, 25, and 27, 28, I, uh, I apologize. So mine don't need as much entertaining, but there's different kinds of challenges when they're older. So I'm very excited to hear what you say about the young ones. And then also your book, it will be in the show notes, the link to get your book as well, and the details. So we'll definitely put Wonderful. that in. Thank you. Great. Wonderful. So, okay, let's dive into these tips.
1: So these tips, so the first one that I started with is very much piggybacking on what you just said, which is that we need to be the grownups. We need as parents to be the adults, which means in a concrete way that we need to start the conversations with our kids about everything going on, whether it be the coronavirus specifically or social distancing or why they're not going to school we can't wait for our children to ask the questions and i know parents often do that and assume that if if our children haven't raised it well then it's not on their minds or they haven't heard the term or i don't want to plant the seed i hear that a lot from parents this seed has been planted and now a week after i wrote this article it has been planted a million times
0: <laughs> and exactly. so it's up to
1: us we need to check in with our kids Have you had any more thoughts about it today? Have you heard anything else about it when we happened to have the radio on when you were in the kitchen? You know, we need to check in with our kids and we need to be the ones starting the conversations over and over and over again about everything going on right now, what it means, what it looks like on a day-to-day basis.
0: I love the fact that you, you know, you're saying that we need to tackle this thing full on and we need to be almost initiating the conversation, bearing in mind that these children don't all have the language to be able to express how they're feeling. So we kind of have to be their mouthpiece, but they certainly are experiencing it. So not to push it under the carpet but to actually talk about the current situation is very important exactly. i'm really glad that you you raised that point that we we have to be the grown-ups as you said in your, in your article i like that you know start the conversation so that's a really good tip so start the conversation and don't be scared to have the conversation so just on that point i wanted to ask you how should we respond for example when a toddler has an outburst because they can't go and play with their friends like they used to or like they always did how do you help a child navigate through a disrupted routine
1: Yeah. So kids use structure and routines to feel safe and comfortable. They feel safe and comfortable when their world is predictable. And this is an unpredictable world for all of us. You are a child, you are feeling that times a thousand. And so I think first is to think about routines and structures in a more proactive way. Okay. Our toddler's routine is disrupted. However, we can set a new routine and Mm -hmm. that routine doesn't need to be, you know, there's a million color coded schedules going around of, you know, we'll do math for a half hour and then we'll do this for, it doesn't Mm -hmm. need to be nearly that rigid, but just having meals at the same times, having a nap or bedtime be at the same time. Pointing out, which is actually something that's on the list, pointing out things that are the same in addition to things that are different. You still eat Honey Nut Cheerios for breakfast. We still need to brush our teeth. You still sometimes get angry and hit your brother. (laughs) Like Just pointing out there Mm is some stability here. I think in the moment when our kids are getting really disappointed or frustrated or having just big feelings in response to this period of time... My recommendation is not to come down on, a, on, a, on the side of firm discipline, for lack of a better mm. word. I think mm. your child is being defiant or being upset that they can't play with their friend or whatever it is on the surface. And underneath that is just a deeper, what on earth is going on and are we okay type of question. Mm, mm. And so I have found and this is as a mom as well in the last couple of days my sons in different ways and at different times have been particularly irritable about seemingly very small things. You know, I don't know what pajamas to wear. I can't decide. Mm, what pajamas? Mm. And and in the past I might have said, you know, here's two choices or I'm going to go do something else while you make up your mind or that sort of thing. And I think given mm-hmm. everything going on it's much more appropriate and helpful right now to just sort of scoop up your kid in a hug and say, I know there are so many things that just feel like too much right now. We're gonna get Mm. through it we're going to get through the choice of pajamas and whatever else comes next.
0: That's so good. I love that. I just want to highlight what you've said there. Where a child in their limited ability metacognitively to be able to express and linguistically to be able to express themselves all this uncertainty that they're feeling and this unpredictability. They'll kind of reduce it down to something that wouldn't normally be an issue like whatever pajamas, boys. I mean, who cares what pair of pajamas? But they're telling you a very strong message with something very simple. So to look at those kinds A very simple, it seemed very simple to us, but it's kind of a message from them telling us, hey, I'm battling with choices, I'm battling with change, something like that. And to really tune into those comments that your children are making and never to brush that aside.
1: And to remember the context. This isn't. Last week, it just isn't. And so, your child's being defiant and not following directions because of where we are right now, because of the larger context, merits a really different response than it might have a week ago or two weeks ago. I and, love we, that. And, and that may change over time. You know, again, a month from now, come find me again and we'll
0: talk. Exactly. Yeah. And we'll do that. We, we, we'll talk in a month's time again or something and see how things have changed. But you said something there that I really want to point out to the listeners as well, is that it's not this time last week. It's a different context. And we have to always bring context into our parenting.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Organifi. I recently started adding Organifi Pure to my water first thing in the morning to get my mind and brain ready for the day. Organifi Pure is infused with lion's mane and coffee berry and was designed to improve brain function by promoting gut health. This stuff really works. Since the gut contains the enteric nervous system, it's considered the second brain. Pure was designed to give clarity to people's lives by improving both brains. Plus, their coffee berry is clinically proven to increase BDNF, brain-derived neurotrophic factor. Some benefits of Organifi Pure include increased mental clarity and focus, improved memory and alertness, improved digestion, and more. Organifi Pure is USDA organic, gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, vegan, non-GMO, with clinically proven ingredients, and is 100% organic whole food. Get 15% off your order of Organifi Pure today with the code Dr. Leaf. Just visit organify.com forward slash Dr. Leaf and use the code Dr. Leaf at checkout. The link and offer details will also be in the show notes. So you say things like, just to summarize what you said in the last few sentences, you're pointing out things that are different and you're pointing out things that are the same. That's what you said in your article and you described that a few sentences back. So that's really important. I wanted to emphasize that that is to point out for the children to give them the language to explain to them. Is that correct? That what you're trying to say, you have things that are different and things that are the same. And you give the example of birthday parties being canceled and you mentioned your son's birthday party on Sunday. What are you doing to handle that?
1: (laughs) So... My son, for his birthday, his birthday party was going to be in a week. On his actual birthday, he was going to be in his very first play. He was doing some community theater. He was going to be in a kindergarten through second grade production, abbreviated production of Annie.
0: Oh, wow. And
1: so we are putting on Annie as a family. (laughs) Oh, that's so cute. I don't yet know what it's going to look like. I, I... Hope it rises to his very clear expectations. As long as you make him the
0: star of the show, I'm sure he will be fine.
1: (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So we're doing that. We had ordered some gifts, you know, prior to this. And so for better and worse, six-year-olds are extraordinarily into the presence aspect of birthdays, and we are in a privileged enough position to be able to provide those. And so we do have some gifts for him. And I have also, and I would actually really recommend this to people whose kids have upcoming birthdays. I've asked his classmates and his group of friends and our family and so on and so forth to send little videos of birthday greetings for him that we can watch throughout the day so that he can feel like everybody is thinking about him and holding him in their hearts, even though we can't. Get together, and then I'm sure that idea. Yeah, it's lovely. We've gotten about ten or fifteen so far of these, you know. And of course, because they're all around his age, they're these adorable little kids, you know, singing "Happy Birthday" and dancing. And parents are so grateful, you know. Thank you for providing us with an activity that took us ten minutes.
0: (laughs) You know, ten minutes out of (laughs) twenty-four.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. But every little bit counts, as I can tell you. And so I think that's important. He is picking out the kind of cake that we're going to bake since we can't go to a bakery and he gets to be, which is sort of the biggest gift we could give him given that again, we can't do a whole lot. He gets to really be the boss of the day.
0: He gets I love to decide
1: this. what's for breakfast, what's for lunch, what's for dinner, what we're doing within the range of, you know, activities that are available to us. And we're really going to make it like, you know, he's the boss, you know, Henry, what are we doing after breakfast? And if he says we're going scooting, then we're all going to go scooting by which I mean, walking while he scoots, but <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's how we're
0: handling it. That's wonderful. And I think you might start a trend here that he might actually want to continue his birthdays in the same routine. <laughs> where he's in control. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Right.
1: We'll see. Exactly.
0: Oh, I love that. Okay. So the next point you bring up is play, play, play. I love that. When I was practicing clinically, I practiced for 25 years. And I used to honestly tell Give them a, literally give my parents a prescription and say, please, number one, read. Number two, play. You know, before you start all the expensive toys and, and, you know, keeping them busy 24 seven with activities that are not play focused enough.
1: Yeah, it's so important. And, and I would talk about play now in kind of two contexts. The first is more simple, which is to say that especially those who have young kids who are stressing about academics and missing school, the number one thing that preschoolers and even kindergartners and first graders should be doing is play. And we have an opportunity now that we are all, you know, homeschooling our children, so to speak, to, to bring the quote unquote curriculum back in that direction. And people who are really stressing again, I, and I agree with you, read and play. And if that's all that you can do, in you're going to do a lot.: You're going to do a lot. The second context is that kids work out difficult feelings and thoughts and fears and anxieties through play. And Mm -hmm. so I started this article that that you mentioned and that we'll link to with a story about my son, the same one who's turning six, who came downstairs one day last week and declared that his baby doll had coronavirus. Mm. And when I asked him what we should do, because the goal with play is always to kind of open things up as opposed to shut them down. So what? Mm-hmm. oh, your baby doll has coronavirus, what should we do? He took his baby doll, which was luckily made of rubber, and he slammed it onto the ground. He kind of spiked it like a football, and he said, that's what I'm going to do. Mm. And I was able to say, wow, sounds like you are so mad at coronavirus. And then, yeah, we are mad at coronavirus. Coronavirus makes it that we can't do all these fun things. And it opened up a conversation that if I had attempted to have didactically or without the play aspect, we never would have gotten that far.
0: Mm, so important so through the play that you can actually identify what they need to talk about it's so way helping them to express what's going on inside of them so important
1: yeah and help them feel in control I had a friend send me a beautiful video after I had posted this article a beautiful video of her nine-year-old like with a cauldron which was you know a tin bowl or whatever it was yeah. <laughs> mixing all these ingredients from outside a leaf and a stick and whatever while the mom recited a witch's spell to cure
0: coronavirus. It oh, was wow. bringing
1: in fantasy and magic and feeling in control and, and yet opening the, the context to be able to talk about it. And it was just such a beautiful example of a exactly what I mean. multiplicity of
0: benefits. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. Well, based on that, I mean, this just naturally springboards into what are some great ideas that you have for keeping kids occupied and learning and busy so that you can do your own work?
1: Yeah, I think I will answer that. But I will say the number one thing I've been talking to clients about and families about is just to lower expectations on that, on that front, both for yourself and for your kids. And if you have a really essential assignment that you need to get done, then you put your kids in front of the TV and that's fine. You know, I grew up in the 80s when most of us, you know, I was born in the 70s, grew up in the 80s. We watched a lot of TV. (laughs) And we're
0: fine. Yep. Exactly. I'm so glad you have said this. You know, I used to stick my kids in front of the TV as well when I was working, but I always gave them Lego or something or, or a puzzle or a whatever. So they kind of, you know, they would shift to and, and I'd also time it. I'd say, okay, if you've watched an hour of TV, now you need to read your book for an hour or build a puzzle or something. And they roll with it. They really do.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And again, and and if that's two hours or three hours because we're in a global pandemic and none of us have a blueprint for how to do that, and your work is is really intense, you know, that's, your kids will be fine if they watch Frozen 2 three times in a row. It's one day. I'm so glad you said this. You've (laughs) just
0: released, exactly, you have just released, I don't know how many thousands of moms and dads from feeling guilty because they're not filling every moment of the day with something educational. Just being able to entertain themselves is educational. yeah.
1: Absolutely. And we all have to prioritize right now. The pandemic is leading to huge economic costs and we're worried about our jobs. And sure, ideally we would be able to balance everything in a, in a beautiful, graceful way, but that's just not going to happen. And so, yes, there are some amazing things that will keep our kids occupied, pretend games and Legos and online. I think it's called Cosmic Kids Yoga and Go Noodle is another program that has physical exercise. And even those are great. I mean, those are, those are great. And even those are sometimes impossible, even though they're online, they're impossible to do when you yourself have to work. And so just a plain old movie is okay.
0: Good. I'm so glad you said that. As I said, you've just released a lot of moms and dads from guilt.
1: Yeah. I will say that people are really stepping up, just again, keeping with our theme that we discussed before we started recording with everybody doing their part. Mo Willems, the children's book author, is doing a doodling session every day at one o'clock. That's so lovely. Live on the Kennedy Center website, I believe it is, where he's teaching kids how to draw his iconic characters. And the. Oh, that's amazing. It's amazing. And there are various zoos, like I think it's the Cincinnati Zoo that at three o'clock Eastern time every day is offering a virtual like visit with a veterinarian to one of the animals at this. I mean, there's some amazing and, and your listeners wow. can can email me or we can link to these things in the show notes or however yeah, you want to do can, it. But
0: if you do that, if you send those through, we will link them in the show notes so people can find them super easy. That's what lovely ideas.
1: Yeah. And live music classes. And it's really, it's really heartening.
0: It, it reminds me of, of when I grew up and my kids grew up because we, we were in South Africa and we didn't have, you know, the kids would go outside and play in the, in the, because we had a huge garden. They would just go and play outside and there were sticks and stones and, and they would create all these characters and build things and just play with nature and play with boxes and you know get, find things in the garage. And, you know, this is also what we need to do. In terms of the play thing, isn't it, Rebecca, that we need to just allow our children to, they don't have to have an expensive game to play. They can also just take whatever's around them and and play with them.
1: Oh, absolutely. And even, I mean, what you're saying, getting outside, and obviously I know it depends where people live. And certainly you Mm -hmm. have to get outside six feet away from other people, but just being in the fresh air and digging in the dirt and looking for worms. And apparently you can sort of mix technology. Someone told me about the other day about an app, I think it's called Blossom, where you can take a picture of a plant and then it it identifies what that plant is and tells you about it. So- there's just really cool things out there that allow us to sort of blend all these things together, which is which is good news because our kids' needs are going to change. This is not, unfortunately, going away after a week or two. I think we're going to be in this position for a long time. And so it's nice to have a lot of different options at our fingertips.
0: And find that also the children can generate them too. You know, ask them what they want to do. They're quite good about generating ideas themselves, aren't they?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. We've been every night. We've been we've been asking our kids kind of what what worked about today, what didn't work about today. Our older son said, which is really I think helpful for families that are listening that have more than one child. Our older son said he really wanted some time away from his brother, and that was something I hadn't. It made so much sense once he said it, but I hadn't thought about it, and it 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 meant kind of balancing my schedule with my husband's in a way we hadn't thought about, but it is. He was right. I mean, it was a lot it's of time so with his little brother. <laughs> and it was so nice of him to say that.
0: Yeah. You see, that's wonderful to be able to express that he needed the space and then you heard him and you listened and you gave him the space and you can, I mean, we all need that now being stuck in our homes. We definitely need to respect each other's space. I mean, that's wonderful that he was able to express that. I, I love that. Just to pick up on something you said a moment ago as well, just before your son wanting space was this is going to be with us for a while. So there are definitely going to be progressive things happening in terms of the emotions and the frustration and all that kind of thing. And one of the things that, you mentioned in the article was you spoke about simultaneously modeling, reframing, and looking on the bright side and then emphasizing agency. Do you mind talking about those, Rebecca, in terms of the fact that we're in this for probably a little bit of time and we may need a bit of help with our children's emotions?
1: Sure. I I mean, of course. So so the The reframing and the looking on the bright side is really important. And I want to draw this the distinction between doing that and kind of trying to sugarcoat everything. Because I've Mm. talked to families that are trying to say like, look, this is so great. We're on this fun adventure. And that's Actually, not really authentic. It to- like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It totally sucks. And let's let's validate that it sucks. And no, you know, going to the park is not the same as going to Disney World. And so mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and yet let's see if we can find some things about it that are really silver linings. So things like all the crafts that we're gonna be able to do together, or the fact that Daddy or Mommy is working from home and so you're having dinner together and it used to be that Daddy or Mommy got home after dinner or mm. Even something as simple as what we just alluded to—you get to watch two movies on a school mm. day. Like that's, um, that's <laughs> like, you know, that's dreaming. nature.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's nature. <major>. That's utopia.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and so, just helping them learn this incredibly important coping skill, which is to acknowledge how you feel. I feel like this sucks, as you said. I feel disappointed. I feel frustrated. I feel helpless. I feel scared. And At the same time, I can notice the really lovely moments that I'm having and the good things about it. And I think that'll be wonderful if we can model that and encourage that in our kids. And then the second piece, the agency piece, is that we are all feeling so helpless and we're feeling, as we've said, just sort of stuck in our homes and waiting for direction and having no idea when this is going to end or change. And kids really benefit, as do we, from feeling like they have some control. And so, really reframing it as we are not just sitting at home, stuck in our houses, we are fighting a brand new virus. We are helping people in need by staying home. We Mm. are doing our part to keep families healthy if you know someone in your community or in your family who has a weakened immune system you can talk about that person in particular but the idea is to use language that suggests we're not just home letting this happen to us we are playing an important role we are coming together as a community to fight this common enemy in active ways and i think mm. kids really and younger kids love it if you turn oh, it they into do. you know good guys and bad guys and superheroes yeah. and villains and and this is this lends itself to that Perfectly.
0: They naturally rise to that kind of thinking, don't they? It's it's mm-hmm. really great. Rebecca, you also just before we started recording, you were talking about, you know, the answering questions with factual knowledge and stop. Not to give too much, you know, keep on talking, you know, to actually answer the questions and then stop. Can you talk about that?
1: Sure. I, I, and I think we always, and I say we because I, I this is a trap I fall into, we mm-hmm. just talk too much with kids. <laughs> we Overtalk we want to exactly we want to rationalize or or use logic or explain. and if if a child says, what's the coronavirus, or what does social distancing mean, or why am I home from school, those questions can be answered in one to two sentences. And if we're conscious and intentional about that, that's a chunk of information that kids can absorb. And then they will ask a follow-up question if they have it. It might be then, it might be in an hour, it might be in two days. But the idea is to take our pacing cues from them. There may be very good, albeit probably subconscious reasons, that they're not asking a ton of questions. They can only take in a little bit at a time. And so it's up to us to only give them a little bit at a time.
0: Mm, I love that. Not these huge chunks of information, but a little bit at a time. And if they ask the same question again, doesn't matter how many times they ask it, they're trying to process it. So, not to get frustrated with your kids if they're asking the same thing over and over. Is that that's something you also mentioned.
1: I think that's absolutely true. And I would add something else really important about that, which is that sometimes when kids are asking the same question over and over again, it's, it's
0: seeking reassurance. It's
1: seeking reassurance, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so you mm-hmm. can pivot, you can say, you know, sweetie, I know you know the answer to that question, or I have answered that question five times and I notice you're still asking it. It seems like you're really worried. Let's do something to to have our worry mm -hmm. go down. Or, or I often say to kids, you know, worry tries to fool you into thinking that what you need to feel better is more information, but that's worry playing a trick on you because that's worry getting what it wants. (laughs) You yeah, can push back yes. You can push back against worry by saying, no, I'm not going to ask that question again. I'm instead going to, for example, take three deep breaths or focus on the different sounds that I'm hearing right now. Something that keeps me in the present moment as opposed to getting sucked into all the thoughts going around and around in my head.
0: Mm, I love how you say in the, in the article as well, smell the cookies as they come out the oven or do some jumping jacks. So it's kind of a little bit of a distraction to help them calm down the emotions.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Get into your bodies, get into your senses. Absolutely.
0: I love that. And that's so important for kids to do that often, isn't it? To get into their body.
1: For sure. And that's, you know, at we talked about, you know, schedules can fly out the window right now in a lot of ways and that's fine. And the one thing I would, the one exception I would make to that is that it is important for all of us, not just kids, to move in our bodies and even just take a break every hour to do, as you said, 10 jumping jacks, something that simple to just keep moving because it really has an important impact on our mood and our thoughts and our worry and all the things we're trying to deal with right now.
0: Absolutely. We have a podcast just recently released with Dr. Kelly McGonagall, who's an expert. She's a psychologist as well and talks about movement. And she said basically the same things you're saying and how great that is to, it doesn't have to be a fancy gym or anything. It's just the movement. And you know, if you've got stairs, run up the stairs 10 times, go up and down, make it a little exercise or whatever, just to keep that moving is so important. I love this one point that you make is that it's okay to say, I don't know to your children, or I have to think about it and let me work out the answer. I think parents think that they've always got to have every answer, but that's not realistic, is it?
1: It's not, especially during a time like this, when this is just Mm -hmm. so new. When your your child asks you, when am I going to go back to school? Or you know, when is my favorite restaurant going to be open again or whatever it is, you do not know. And it's inauthentic to say anything other than that you don't know. And if you're inauthentic, it's pretty anxiety provoking for your kids because it's, it's, they sense that you can say, I don't know. And you can say what I often think is a really helpful follow-up line is I don't know. And there are so many grown-ups working to figure it out. So it's not just, I don't know, and I'm going to leave you with this sort of uncertainty. You're saying, I don't know, in a very calm and measured way. And you're following up with, there are so many grown-ups who have that exact same question and who are working hard right now to figure out the answers. And that can calm kids without sacrificing the authenticity of, I have no idea what's going on right now. <laughs>
0: I love that. That is such a good, it's such a simple thing to do and that will immediately probably Allay their fears at that moment and give them. Okay, well, it's you know it's these 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 grown ups are trying to do something. <laughs> you know, can allay their fears to a certain extent. That's wonderful. Okay, now just in terms of the moms and the dads, you know, you being a mom, me being a mom, one of your tips suggests reaching out for professional help if needed. Where can one find this kind of support?
1: I think a lot of therapists right now, psychologists, psychiatrists, counselors, coaches mm-hmm. are doing telehealth. I mean, certainly for me, that's something that. That I'm doing, but I believe, I, you know, I've gotten so many emails from different insurance companies saying that they are now reimbursing for that. That's wonderful because that before. was the issue. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that so that was they- that. Yeah, so I believe, and I, I can't know. I mean, I won't speak as an expert on every single insurance, you know, program or a company. Start. There's a start, but there's mm-hmm. a start, and I've certainly been alerted to the fact that many have have agreed to it for right now. And so, if that's a hurdle it's not a hurdle anymore. And I would say, again, just going to American Psychological Association or sort of even just Googling, find a therapist or talking to friends or whatever it is. There are a lot, a lot of mental health professionals right now offering telehealth and there are telehealth groups, you know, supporting people in a group setting using Zoom or FaceTime, having a group of say you know, moms who are home by themselves with their kids or, or older yeah, people who becoming. are really experiencing anxiety symptoms around this stuff. So it's, it really is out there.
0: No, that's It's it's very much become a thing. I think it's going to set a new a new precedent as well for how things will move in the future as well. So in these places like Better Health that also offer therapy online, they've been doing that for a while as well. So there definitely is that that is out there and available, which is really good to know. Let's talk about the financial strain. How can we navigate the financial strain, you know, the burdens of the situation? without scaring and stressing our children because they really are real and so uncertain. You know, with money being tight now, how do we make sure our children are okay? And you know that stress that's on you, how, how do you navigate that? Because you can't pussyfoot around it and yet you can't make the children fearful. These are realities that people are facing.
1: And I think the formula, it's interesting. It's the same formula that I would say, you know, if kids ask about COVID 19 or or before mm-hmm. all this happened if kids asked about, you know, dying or other difficult topics. You wanna the be difficult honest. questions. You wanna be honest. You wanna be short. <laughs> I guess we talked about, yes. you know, develop you know, and, and short in a developmentally appropriate way. And then you really wanna tack on the part at the end about the grown-ups that are helping. So again, that's something really good. Like, you know, we're really gonna have to start watching our spending right now because the virus has made it that a lot of people's work isn't going as well as it was before and mommy and i or daddy and i or you know us with our community are working all the time to think about how we're going to get through this and solutions and again to shift it to language of agency and solutions and again the grown-ups are handling it people tell me stories About kids, you know, doing things that they call sort of sweet or selfless, you know, coming in with their allowance Mm. and saying, I don't want my allowance. And on the one hand, that's really touching. On the other hand, to me, it's always a potential sign. I would never make a blanket generalization, Mm -hmm. but it's a potential sign that a child is feeling a little bit too much responsibility about the current situation. That's a very because, good point. And that's a real risk right now. There's something called parentification or you know it's it's kids who who step into that role of parent that you know or I need I need to fix this. I need you know exactly. And the and the message for for healthy outcomes for kids needs to be of course we all pitch in. We're a family. We can discuss you know the ways that we'll cut down some of the spending on your toys as well as some of our stuff. However, that's very different from This is on your shoulders in the same way it's on my shoulders, because that is not Mm. true. It is primarily a grown-up concern, and the grown-ups are the ones that are going to take care of
0: it. I love that. I love how you've explained that, and it's really, that's very, very important. Looking for some great educational, brain-building, but fun ways to keep your kids occupied, happy, and learning? Then check out KiwiCo. If you think it's impossible to get a kid to put down the cell phone or video game and do something that's good for their brain, you're wrong! It is possible. Let's take a second to talk about KiwiCo. It's a science and art subscription box for kids, tested by kids. I recently gave some boxes to my nieces and nephews and a few of my friends for their children and let me tell you, I have never been so popular with the kids. The children love the boxes so much it's hard to pull them away when it's time for dinner or bed. I love doing my part to encourage children to be innovators and creative thinkers. My favorite part? When they're finished, I love watching their confidence be as big as they smile. These boxes make great gifts for children, grandchildren, little cousins, nieces, nephews and students. KiwiCo is redefining play with hands-on projects that build confidence, creativity, and critical thinking skills. There's something for every kid or kid at heart at KiwiCo. Get your first month free on select crates at kiwico.com forward slash Dr. Leaf. That's K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash Dr. Leaf. The link and offer details will be in the show notes. So another question we had, we got questions from the listeners, is if a parent, they're extremely worried and stressed and anxious themselves, and they don't want to suppress it and let it just build up, but they also don't want to expose their children to this. It goes to the question, in a way, of what we've just asked. I'm glad you brought up the parentification concept. that we're honest, but then we also don't make them feel like they have to then fix us kind of thing.
1: Yeah, and that's, you know, we're all feeling that to different degrees, and certainly, mm-hmm. you know, parents that have prior mental health issues are feeling that even more so, you know, people who already were in a depressive episode or having a lot of anxiety symptoms or so on and so forth. And I think I have a few answers. One is, again, and I'll say it, and maybe I'll get, you know, harpooned for it, but TV is your friend. (laughs) If the Mm -hmm. only break that you're going to get is to put your three kids in front of the TV and you need that break for a couple hours a day in order to not to lose it at your kids, the other hours, then do that. Second Mm -hmm. is, can you call and support? You know, and certainly there are single parents out there who can't, you know, who don't who are living in really isolated conditions. And hopefully these are the types of experiences as a as a global community that help us realize that we need to do more for those families. Exactly. Everyday circumstances. But if you have a neighbor or if you have parents or, you know, anybody that can even just FaceTime with your kids. I spoke with someone today whose parents were doing a zoom lesson, you know, her kids were, I think, six and nine and her parents were on the phone. So their grandparents were on zoom teaching them about, I don't even know what, but while she did something else. So again, can wow, you think that's creatively cool. that's about, of co- and grandparents are, you know, chomping at the bit to help. <laughs>
0: so, of course they are. Mm-hmm.
1: Just being creative about getting, getting support. The final thing I'll say is that again, kids, need you to be authentic. And there's a big gray area between Mm -hmm. kind of suppressing your feelings and sort of quote unquote, faking it, Mm -hmm. which kids can absolutely see through and in some Mm -hmm. ways is even more alarming for them. And then Mm -hmm. showing them sort of every color of that. And the in-between area is being able to say, you know what, I need a break right now. So I'm going to go into my room for five minutes and close my eyes I'm feeling worried. Do you guys wanna come with me? Do you wanna come lie down with me? Or or, you know what, I just read something on my phone that made me feel really worried. I need to take some deep breaths. Will you do that with me? It's sort of, it's Mm, communicating a calm confidence but also acknowledging your own emotional state and modeling the different choices that you are making to take care of yourself. You know, I am feeling anxious, but I just realized I haven't eaten anything since I woke up. Clearly my body needs some food and I bet that will help my anxious thoughts. And then Mm. you do that and your kids are learning and picking up on that. And those are beautiful skills to pass on.
0: That's wonderful. So it's acknowledging and then it's giving some kind of, it's acknowledge it and then let's get some sort of action to try and manage the process. And that, as you say, you're modeling skills, which is so important. That's that's really great. I totally agree with that. That's the, the sort of techniques that I also teach as well. It's so important.
1: This is a big one, at which I'm sure you talked about this, you know, ad infinitum, but this idea of rupture and repair, which is mm-hmm. underlying, you know, Everything we know about parenting is that you do not have to be perfect, but you Mm, have healing in the parent-child relationship when there is a rupture and you can repair it. So you can you can snap at your kids. You can lose your temper. That is going to happen. I would have that be your Mm -hmm. expectation. That is going to happen much more now. And you can come back and say, I'm sorry, I snapped at you. As we've been talking about, this is such a weird time. And so I'm a little bit more snappy and impatient than usual too. I'm really sorry. Come here and give me a hug. Like that is completely okay. And frankly, again, I would expect that. And you always have the power to do a repair after there has been a rupture.
0: I love that. I'm so glad that you brought that up because it was also another question. It was actually the next question I was going to ask you from one of my listeners who actually said, I'm seriously concerned for my mental health and my ability to stay home with my three small children. It's only been a few days and I'm not doing well. I've lashed out. I'm scared of how I'm going to handle this. It feels like my escapes and my breaks to maintain my sanity have been taken away. I don't know what to do. And it kind of goes to, I mean, we can dig into that question a little bit more but you have sort of answered that from the previous two questions the fact that that rupture and repair is a huge thing and then taking being honest about your feelings and having some sort of little management technique like the breathing or let's go and eat something together or lie down and have a little doze, or watch a movie together something like that has I think given us a bit of an answer to that question so do you want to add any more Rebecca to that particular question can you add anything else it will help this person
1: i mean i i so get it (laughs) that's the first thing i want to say i just get it this it's really hard to be home with your kids all the time particularly when that wasn't your life before and it didn't happen Mm. gradually and we didn't see it coming so there's even right there's even like a shock trauma you know aspect yeah
0: that's true
1: yeah, I think that the techniques that I mentioned before, and I think, you know, in some ways to get a little bit in front of it and be proactive. So to say to your kids during a calm moment, you know, one night at dinner, or first thing in the morning, like, hey, I have a goal. And my goal is to yell a little bit less than I've been yelling. So I'm going to make some signs. I mean, if you look at a preschool classroom, it's filled with visual aids, right? I'm going to make some signs that I'm going to put around the house that are going to remind me not to yell. Do you guys want to help me make those signs? Do you guys have any goals? Again, I don't know the ages of her kids, but what are you going to work on right now? Maybe it's, you know, we're in such a weird new routine that I keep forgetting to brush my teeth. Okay, we'll make some signs that'll remind you to brush your teeth. Just basically this idea that none of us are going to do this perfectly. We are this new, small, quarantined unit, and we can be open about what we need to work on in a proactive and connected way, which will then lay the groundwork for being able to address it much more easily in the moment when it does happen. Oh, I just yelled at you before... I'm working on that. I'm really sorry. That's the second time today. I'm going to really see if I can keep it at two because yesterday it was three times, but today if it's two, that means I'm making progress.
0: It's brilliant because then you're also teaching them a technique. You're teaching them to self regulate. And because you're showing you self regulating and you're making it real that you're not setting these goals that you've got to be perfect all the time. And as a parent, you, as an adult, you also battle. You also go exactly. through tough times. So you're teaching them to be real about life. And I think that's so important because there's been a lot of parenting misadvice in our current culture where you've got to be this perfect parent who, you know, never does anything wrong. And when you do do everything wrong, your kids almost hold you hostage. And then the parent goes through guilt and then there's got to be this, you know, all these unrealistic expectations that, you know, I practiced for 25 years, I don't practice anymore, but I saw change in the progression of when I was practicing and seeing it in, you know, this current time, the unrealistic expectations that we put on ourselves as parents and also on, it's not teaching kids, it's not enabling them to, to get a false perception of what real life is like. So what you've just described is real stuff we battle as humans whether you little or big life is tough and hard and it's got challenges and good things and bad things and we need to learn from each other about techniques to help and but the biggest thing with being a parent is to re- model the fact that this is a reality that life is tough and things are up and down so i love what you said there
1: Exactly. That's really, Thank you. that's
0: really fantastic. And then I want to just touch on two more things very quickly. You talk about sometimes the little ones may play baby. they There may be regressions. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Sure. So uh, this is just such a new time for everyone. and And the routines, as we've said, have been kind of thrown on their head and the structures are all upside down. And when that happens, kids don't, especially really little kids, don't necessarily have the language to tell you I'm feeling anxious. And so they acted out in their behavior as we discussed earlier, but they also mm-hmm. sometimes lose a skill that they've recently gained because their brains kind of can't do this new thing they have to do, which is adjust mm-hmm. to this crazy instability while holding on to that skill. So you will see kids who have been potty trained forever suddenly are having more accidents or kids mm-hmm. who have gotten over a particular speech impediment and now it's coming back. And that's again, that's completely normal. It's to be expected. Mm-hmm. And the way to handle it is just to honestly not make a big thing of it. Beyond that, kids will consciously, not consciously, but in a much more explicit way, as you said, that they, they want to play baby. They will curl up in your lap and they will say, I'm your baby or goo goo gaga ga, or I want, you know, me one at Sippy cup or, you know, whatever it is. And it's a seven yeah. year old and, and you're like, wait, what, you know, and usually again, if you didn't think about the larger context, you might say, you know, you're a big girl. Why are you talking like that? What, you know, mm-hmm. a sippy cup? What are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, yeah, but yeah. They are saying, they are saying in as, clear away they can. I want to be comforted. I want to be little. I don't want to have to think about these scary things. And so it can be incredibly healing to play along. You know, oh, are you my little baby? Come here, my li- Before I get you that sippy cup, you come into my lap and let me just cuddle you. You know, and and yep. just to give them that nurturing. That frankly, you know, I'm in my 40s and I would love to be able to do that right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, it's just a comfort, isn't it? It's that connection, that comfort, that chance just to cry out and say, Hey, I need a little bit of space. You need to be at a level where I actually. Don't have to think about these big things, these big problems, these big challenges. Yeah, I want
1: to be a baby. I want
0: somebody to wrap me in a
1: soft blanket and hold me, and bounce me up and down, and tell me everything's going to be okay.
0: (laughs) Exactly, take it all away, and just a few moments, and we recover. You know, it's amazing how quickly these kids will recover from something. How how that boosts the the mind and the brain and the emotions and everything. Just a few moments. So I'm so glad we brought this topic up because you know that particular topic because it's 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 going to be happening, and at least that. You know, it's normal. It's okay. You can relax. You don't have to be frightened. Worry about another thing that you don't need to worry about. It'll pass and it's just a way of coping. Okay, last question I have and is how do you... It's definitely not the last, but for now it is. We'll definitely love, to, I'd definitely love to have you back again to discuss this more. But how do we help teens navigate? This is also a question from my listeners. How do we help teens navigate this crisis and the disappointment of cancellations like spring break and graduation and holiday and, you know, lots of seniors are missing their senior prom and concerts and you know, major milestones that they've been looking forward to. How do we help them realize it's okay to be sad, but it doesn't have to be a negative lasting impact on your whole high school memory?
1: I think, I mean, I think exactly in that way. I think the, I'm not sure we're at anything other than the sad part yet. I think we try to rush these things with our kids. If they are teenagers and they are missing their senior prom or they are missing their varsity sports season when they're finally the captain or, you know, some culmination of their Mm -hmm. high school career, that's so uncomfortable for us as parents, in part because we've been waiting for it, (laughs) you know, you finally get to see your kids shine. And also because it's just seeing them so, so sad and we can't fix that, but we want to. And so we go Mm. to this place of how can we help them be sad, but, but also not that sad. (laughs) Mm, exactly. And, And I don't think we're there yet. Honestly, my, we're, we're one week at most into this crisis. And I think right now it's be sad. This, this sucks, you know, and I I don't Mm. think as a parent, you're going to gain a lot of ground by doing a look on the bright side, or this isn't everything. It, It is everything to them. I do think, and we can speak again, I'd love to come back on, but I do think, you know, perhaps in a week or so, there is an opportunity to do that. You know, and, but
0: and right at the moment today, there isn't. At the moment today, it's let our children express their sadness. It is frustrating and they need to get it out. I agree with yeah. you. I, that's, that's advice I would give too. I, I like that.
1: Yeah. Just don't worry yeah. about making it better for them. Don't worry. Again, I think that's our worry. Our worry mm. is, oh my goodness, what if they look back on their whole high school experience that we know has had so many positive things and they can only remember this? Oh my goodness, that panics me as a parent. Right. So then that's your, your panic, right? That's your, your panic, your but
0: panic. don't make your panic. Yeah. Exactly. Don't, let, don't let make, them make your panic, their panic. And don't see it how you see it. Think that they're seeing it the way you see it. They're seeing it totally differently. Exactly. Oh, this is wonderful. What a great conversation. I know that your wisdom has helped so many people. And we are definitely, as you keep saying, we'll have you back on the show again. I love
1: and, that. I've loved that. This is, I agree, it has felt just like such a rich and important dialogue. So I want to thank very you
0: again. Very important. And I think there's going to be lots of great, more great questions that will come out of this. And, you know, we just all need to come together and share in this time in whichever way we can. So thank you so much, Rebecca, for giving us your time and your wisdom and helping in this very, very difficult time and giving such tremendous advice for parenting and children. So thank you for what you do.
1: My absolute pleasure. And thank you for the exact same thing for everything that you're
0: doing. Thank you so much.